Today I want to talk about the law of momentum. All right? The law of momentum. I'm using Nehemiah chapter 1, and I'm going to read a, a number of just two verses really in chapter 1 and one verse in chapter 4. Nehemiah chapter 1, uh, you can find it, uh, verse 3 and 4, and also Nehemiah chapter 4. Nehemiah chapter 1 reads as follows. They said to me, those who survived the exile are back in the province and they are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down. Its gates have been burned with fire. When I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For some days, I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. And then look at a different story and a different atmosphere in chapter 4, verse 6. It reads, so we built the wall till all of it reached half its height. For the people worked with all their hearts. You know, the story of Nehemiah for me talks to me on so many levels. Because as you know that the book of Nehemiah talks a lot about the rebuilding and the restoration. In chapter 1, when we read it, this is after Nehemiah, having been serving in the king's palace, and the Jews at that time had come back from exile, going back to their beloved land, Jerusalem. Nehemiah at this time was in a foreign land, but serving the king. He inquired from one of his brothers, how are things going at home? He was hoping to hear a positive message, you know, that after people had gone through a period of being in exile, a time when they couldn't be able to do certain things, now that they are back home, he was hoping he would hear the good news of how they had begun to put the pieces of their lives back together again. Unfortunately, the report that he gets is that it seems like the project of rebuilding and restoring has been disrupted somehow. People tried to rebuild the wall, but they ran out of steam, they ran out of strength, they ran out of motivation. So at this time, the wall had been built, but it didn't go far. The gate was still burned with fire. These people who tried to rebuild their lives, the project had stalled. What had happened is that they had gotten to a point where they tried and tried, but they lost momentum. And so the people at this time, not only had they not rebuilt the wall, but their morale was low. Their motivation was low. They were so discouraged that they just gave up on the process of rebuilding. When Nehemiah heard that, it struck his heart. He sat down and he wept and he prayed before God. Because as a leader, he was trying to ask himself, find out, how can I get people back on their feet again? How can I inspire people to go back and rebuild their lives? The truth is this, when the momentum of your life has been disrupted, it's very difficult to get back to normal again. When the national lockdown was announced by our president 
on the 23rd of March, 2020, it came into effect actually on the 26th of March. If you remember, it was a Thursday. When the announcement was made, we were told that we would go on lockdown for 21 days to assess how things were happening. If you remember, it was supposed to be from the 26th of March to the 16th of April. And of course, I believe the presidency and the advice they got was the right one because things didn't work out. I think they knew ahead of time. I kind of have a suspicion they knew. But they had to come back 21 days later and say, we're sorry, things are not great. And as we all know, that's why we're taking all these precautions. Remember, the COVID virus is not gone yet, all right? That's why you must wear your mask. You must social distance. You must uh, practice all those things, wash your hands and sanitize. And so uh, we had to extend the lockdown. And there were different terms that were used, you know. They, they, they were going to do this. They're assessing and all the nice terms. And, 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 and six months later, here we are. <laughs> and it has gone longer than what we were hoping, what we were expecting. We should be grateful in South Africa because in other parts of the world, it's even worse. I was talking to uh, uh, Pastor Kong He the other day in Singapore, and he was telling me that in Singapore, the churches can only meet with only five people. Yeah, I mean, really, five people. And he was telling me that lots of people have passed on in Singapore, and they are still under very hard lockdown rules. Now, you know, this virus, Bazalana, let's tell the truth. It interrupted all of us. Our lives were brought to a halt. Our lives were disrupted. And our momentum was disrupted. Some of us who were on diet, you know. Yeah, you know, somebody said, you know, how about COVID? We must change it and say, umkaba, he COVID. But think about the New Year resolutions we made, some of the plans we had. Everything about us was disrupted. And this disruption has truly brought our life to a difficult stand, to a point that even when things are supposed to get back to normalcy, there are people who have now gotten used to not going to work. Come on now, somebody. Not going to school. Not going to church. Mm-hmm. Not being on a diet anymore. There are people who are no longer training. They are no longer in the gym. Even if the gyms are open, we are seeing that it looks like people are not back to normal. Because there's something about momentum. Once your momentum gets disturbed, it's difficult to go back. Yeah, it's very difficult to go back. And therefore, we have to find a way to get to that point of what Nehemiah did. That in chapter 4, it talks about how people were so motivated that they worked with all their hearts, they worked with all their mind. It says, and the people had their minds to build. What happened between chapter 1 and chapter 4? That's what we want to find out today. Because if we can do what Nehemiah did, we can get our mow back. Our momentum back. Or do you want me to say our mojo back? We can get our more back. We want to get back on track. Because remember, whatever dream God has for you, it has not expired. Whatever vision God has for you, it is not under lockdown in the name of Jesus. What God has begun in your life, God wants to bring to completion. But God wants you to get your more back. Get, tell your neighbor, 
far, 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 as they are far, tell them from afar, get your mobile, get your mobile, don't touch them, just point, don't touch them, because the virus, you remember, and don't spit on them either, please, keep your mask on, but momentum, it's important, momentum is defined as follows, two definitions in the dictionary, the first definition is, it's the force with which a body moves, equal to its mass, multiplied by its velocity. So its mass multiplied by velocity equals momentum. Which means this. As you know that when things fall, the, the speed at which things fall, the gravitational force, they told me during the week, is 9.8, what? Meters per second. When you fall, the, the, the speed at which something falls is 9.8 meters per second. But, if an object is heavier, it will exceed that speed. And the longer the drop, the faster it gains momentum. Which means this, the more what you've done was big in size, and it got disrupted, it's going to be much more harder to get back to normal. Serious, and I really would encourage some of you, I'm being honest with you, you know, if you're in a program of Hobart Twiggy, anybody knows what I'm talking about, Hobart Twiggy? If you're in a program of Hobart Twiggy, COVID, next, next, never know, Bishop Samolo Pandam Kaba, lockdown KO. So, if you do any intervention to the breakdown of your momentum, the better the chances of recovery. Just like when an object, you know, with people who, who parachute, they'll tell you if you jump out of an aircraft going for parachuting, you can have a free fall up till a certain altitude. And you can open your parachute at that time, you land safely. If you dip below a certain altitude, even if you open your parachute, you're not going to land in peace. You're going to land in pieces. And so it's, it's kind of harder. So that's the principle. Second principle is momentum is impetus. You young people will help me. Impetus. I can see what you're talking Impetus. Impendulo. Impetus resulting from movement. For instance, like a runner stumbles just before the race, just before the finish line, and the momentum carries them over the finish line. So it's important for us to understand that momentum is important, and when we have gained momentum, we must use it to our advantage. This is why it's important when you have learned certain disciplines in your life, don't stop. Think about it. Right now we have the morning prayer at 5 o'clock. And God bless all those of you who are joining every morning. And God bless you with all your nice comments. Now, you know, people now have gotten used to joining. But do you remember the time when you were starting to join? And you were going to be up in the morning at 5 o'clock? And you set the alarm during lockdown? And what happened? You woke up after the prayer meeting was over. Anybody remembers that? Anybody remembers that? And so you set the alarm, and then the next week you woke up. But even if you woke up, you were still sleepy, so you just stretched out your hands and laid your hands on your phone. 
You didn't press the snooze button, you just made it stop. Following week, you finally woke up on the third week, but even during the prayer, you were very sleepy. You were falling in and out of the prayer. But now, you are at a point now that already at four o'clock, you are up. Your body clock has been adjusted because you have this thing called momentum. Oh, the same thing with attending church. We still have to teach people to attend church again. Because people have lost the momentum of attending church. But why do you have to do it? Look at your neighbor and say, Bishop Ogobon. We have to get back our momentum of praying again, reading the Bible again, the momentum of going to school again, studying again, and we need momentum. Now, the leadership expert John Maxwell says a lot of things about momentum which I want to quote, and I want to quote several of them because it's quite important. There's a book he's written entitled 21, 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. And law number 16 is the law of momentum, but as he calls it, the law of the big mo, M-O. This is what he says, and I'm just quoting just seven things he said there quickly before I go back to what I'm teaching. Number one, he says, momentum is the great exaggerator. In other words, when things have momentum, it makes them even better. See, when you have momentum, for instance, and you are succeeding, or a company is succeeding, even the problems that come can be resolved easily and people have a tendency to overlook the problems when things are going well. So momentum is a great motivator. But if you don't have momentum, even small obstacles become big ones. That's very important. So what we must do is we must always try to get into a rhythm and momentum in the things that we do. I'm not talking about going on autopilot. I'm not saying we mustn't feel, we mustn't think, but we must develop certain disciplines where certain things are ingrained inside of us. If you read the Bible, you'll find a lot of things the Bible tells us about when it comes to spiritual disciplines have to do with momentum. When God said to Joshua, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein. How often? I can't hear you how often. The people on Soweto TV can't hear you how often. Uh, The people who are on Zoom can't hear you how often. How often? Why does he say meditate in a day and night? Because if you make it a habit to meditate in God's word day and night, you will get into the momentum of Bible study and of reading God's word. Are you there, Bazalanane? You all know this. When you start any habit, they say it takes 21 days to develop a habit. Because for, the, for those 20 days, you are still trying to uh, sanitize yourself <laughs> out of the old habits. So momentum is good. We need to learn to do certain things and get momentum going. You all know, those of you who are runners, that if you're running, particularly long distance, the last thing you want to do is to stop running. You'd rather slow down your pace, Mara, preferably don't stop. Because if you can stop, it's almost very hard to start again in terms of running. You need a big heart, anybody knows what I'm talking about? You need a lot of determination to get going. If you already have the momentum of studying, 
The momentum of certain disciplines. Don't stop. If you have the momentum of saving money, the momentum of going to church, don't stop. Keep the momentum going. Number two, momentum makes you as a leader look better than where, what, what you are. In other words, if you are leading anything and you are succeeding in what you are doing, people are willing to overlook your mistakes even if, you know, even if they are there. So leaders must make sure that they continue in having momentum. Number three, and I'm rushing, sorry, but I'm not not much. Number three, momentum helps people. If you are leading somewhere, people who are following, they can perform better than what they are. When you've got motivation, everybody around you gets motivated. Watch this, Barcelona. This is what I tell leaders. Those of you who are department heads here, those of you who are managers in your firms, or you are a chairperson, whatever you are, you are playing a leading role. I want you to understand this. If you really want to see your company get back on its feet, your school get back on its feet, if you want to see your family get back on its feet, you must make sure that you become the example of being motivated in the things that must be done. See, if you are pulling your face and pulling your feet and always lazy and all of that, but you want other people to be motivated, they will look at you and say, what's wrong with them? People always take their cue from us who are leading. This is why it's very difficult when people tell us not to steal Barbona, they are stealing. It's kind of hard, you know. I'm not saying we must steal, but it's sort of hard, you know. You have to be a person of high discipline not to do that. So it's an important thing. Number four. Fourth law is that momentum is more natural to steer than to start. You can redirect your momentum. Mara, starting it is harder. For that reason, this is what I say to people. You know, sometimes, you know, you see people, particularly young people, and I love young people. Years ago, you know, we had uh, our young people who wanted to be in, you know, you see young people, they come to church, they want to be in everything, they go over there, they go over there, and then the parents complain, and every day. And I want to say to the parents, would you like her or I departing like that? I would rather they are in church like that than being like that, because if they are, if they are coming to church too much and they are praying too much, we can redirect them handle and help them to be able to be disciplined. Marahasa like that is very difficult for us. So it's much more easier to steer momentum than to start momentum. What number are you on? Number what? Number five, momentum is the most potent change agent. In other words, when there's momentum, you can bring change to anything. In other words, people will trust you as a leader, when you have a proven record and you are willing to, and, and they know that when you say you're going to do something, when you promise something, you will deliver on the promise. And then when you tell them to change direction, they will change direction because they already have a record. You do the things that you said you will do. Am I, am I talking to people here this morning? Am I talking to people here this morning? So, number six. Momentum is your responsibility if you are a leader, wherever you are, whether in a home, in the community, or in leading yourself. Why? Watch this now. This is important. To create momentum, you need the following. 
Number one, a firm goal. A firm goal. Number two, you need to establish certain principles. Let me leave that for now. Maybe let me cover number seven and then we'll come back to that. Okay? Let's go to number seven. Momentum begins on the inside of you. So let's talk about this. If momentum is my responsibility and if momentum begins on the inside of me, what do I need to create momentum? Number one, we said you need a firm goal. That's the first thing. Number two, you need to establish certain principles. Number three, you need to have a vision. You need to have a vision. In other words, momentum begins with you. Number four, which is the most important, maybe I should have put it as number one, you should go back on your knees. Pray to God that God will begin to engineer something new in your life. Momentum begins with you. Let's look at what Nehemiah did. First of all, Nehemiah went into prayer. Chapter 1 verse 4. He said, when I heard it, I went into prayer. That's the first thing he did. So you must go back on your knees and ask God to help you. Ask God to jumpstart you. I know we are in summertime right now, but you know, in wintertime, you know, when, 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 when certain cars, their batteries get flat, you know. So you try to start the car in the morning and just go, I don't know what you say in English. And then what do you do? You get help. So they bring another car. They take booster cables, connect the one battery to the other, extend it to yours, and then you start, and then your car starts. That's what we call jump starting. So you needed help to get momentum again. So when you go on your knees, you need to ask God. Some of you, there are certain disciplines that have evaporated from your life. Things you knew that have gone wrong. Plans that have gotten stuck. You don't know where to go. Things and dreams that have fallen apart. Get on your knees again. My goodness, I'm on my knees talking to God about a thousand churches. Can I hear a good amen? I'm on my knees talking to God about training people in Kairos. I'm on my knees talking to God about getting people back to the church. Get on your knees and say, God, will you jumpstart me by the power of the Holy Spirit? Will you jumpstart me? Sometimes our families lose momentum. Things go wrong in a home. Things start falling apart in a home. Like somebody said, Instead of you getting caught up in Lukisin Kamona, Sinyahin Kamona, get on your knees and say, God, I bring my family before you. Some of you, you may have had members of your family who got saved. They started following Christ. But during the lockdown, their Christianity got locked down and they started backsliding. Get on your knees and say, God, I pray for them. Get the momentum back. Can I hear a shout and a hallelujah in the house? Start with prayer. Involve God, the one who's able to give you a powerful start and an anointed start. Can I hear a good amen? Can I hear a good amen? Number two, Nehemiah went around in chapter 2, verse 1 to verse 16, making an assessment of the damage caused. In other words, check what is it that you have lost and be honest, be truthful. You know, I'm no longer praying like I should. You know, just tell the truth. 
I'm not going to the gym anymore. What's about I've given more excuses about going back to work. I give one net to fell like a little to the kissed So now I see you. Diagnosis or like in a corona, marasi corona, like a corolla. You know, it's, it's uh, yeah. Thirdly, as we said, cast vision again. Have a vision. When there's no vision, people perish. If you don't have a vision in your life, you'll perish. Get your vision back. Get out those New Year resolutions again. Get back to that diary of yours that has gathered dust the last six months. Dust it off and go back to it again. Read it again. Remember the things that you said at the beginning of the year. Remember the year and prayer when you stood here and you were praying over your vision. Remember the things that you said because God is going to take you through in the name of the Lord Jesus. Can I hear an amen in the house? Begin to cast vision again. Number four, Nehemiah began to experience naysayers. In chapter 2 verse 19 and 20, the Sanballats and the Tobias. The fourth thing is, know that there are people who will criticize you when you try to get your momentum back. There are people who will tell you, why waste an hour? Why not gain your weight here? Ngamano sale once. Ngamano yege once. But let me tell you, in life there's always naysayers. In life, there's always people who will always tell you what is negative. But I'm here to tell you all things are possible to those who believe. And all things are possible to those who put their trust in God. All things are possible to those who have a vision. You can get started in your life again. Can I hear an amen? You can get your momentum back again. Can I hear an amen? If you started your walk with God, this is a time to come back. If you have backslidden, this is a time to slide back. If you've moved away from God, this is a time to come back home. Can I hear a good amen in the house? And God will give you your momentum back. And finally, have a firm purpose to finish what you start. Don't stop until you get your more back. Don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. I want to talk to you in this audience here. People in the cathedrals, in the churches, those who are watching on television. Some of you as we speak, maybe you started a walk with God and, and your walk with God was disrupted. Yeah, you used to go to church, used to pray. Your walk with God was disrupted. And today you want to recommit your life to Christ and say, Jesus, come into my heart. Be the Savior and the Lord of my life. You want Jesus to come into your heart and make you a child of God. Make you a new creature, new person, all together. I want to pray with you right where you are. Some of you, in some areas in your life, things have gotten so disrupted that you may want to give up. You may want to throw in the towel. Some of you in this audience, there could be an area in your life somewhere where you are saying, you know what? As I'm listening to the word, I want to get my momentum back. I'm not going to allow myself to be defeated. I'm not going to give up on this project. I'm going to get back on it. I'm going to get my momentum back. But first group that I want to pray for is those of you who want to receive Christ as Savior and Lord. If you're here in this place, maybe you've come as well. You haven't received Christ as Savior and Lord. Those of you who are watching, you haven't received Christ as Savior and Lord and you want to receive Christ, just raise your hand right where you are. Let me pray for you. Let me pray for you. Thank you, sir. 
Thank you. Would you stand right where you are, my brother? Just stand right where you are. Bless you. Bless you, my brother. Thank you, Jesus. Wherever you are, we have somebody here. Let's pray with you, brother, right where you are, okay? Pray out loud where you stand. Let everybody join us as we pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you just as I am. I invite Jesus to come into my heart to be the Savior and the Lord of my life. Thank you for hearing my prayer and thank you for coming into my heart in Jesus' name. Amen.